Just in case you've forgotten, let me tell you just in a who the hell I am. I'm the king, I always was the king. Damn it, Pete. The first week here and you're already fucking up. No wonder why they got blow me. I'm not doing that show today. It's the skeleton crew. What the fuck is wrong with you? That song's from two years ago, asshole. We don't repeat the same shit every week anymore. Have you listened to anything from 2014? God damn it. You know, if I have to keep stopping records like this, you're gonna mess up my needle, you idiot. So that song is to me, huh? I'm an asshole? Hmm. Really? Right. Okay, Pete. You know what? How'd you like to sell oranges on the fucking corner at red lights again, you bitch? Yeah. I know what you did before you got to Laser Lounge. And I'll put you right back where you started, motherfucker. Anyway. This is the Skeleton Crew. What's up, boneheads? We got a show for you this week. We're actually going to drop a few in less time than normal. Normally it takes two weeks, but our friends over at the Laser Lounge are taking off for a little while. You know, I'm friends with myself. So we're going to drop a few shows. We're not going to do the every other week. We're going to do them a little more frequently. So this show, we got a big guest coming on, a good friend of ours. If you are on our Facebook group page... I'll even give you the address, because I know you're going to run to your computers right now, right? And hop on the group page. So it's www.facebook.com slash groups slash the Skeleton Crew Show. Hop on there. That's where all the drama is. And, I mean, the fun. And you can go there, talk to everybody who listens to the show, uh, extend your listening experience to just not listening at work or in your car or whatever you're doing right now, but you could actually live the show because it's that amazing that you'd want to do that, right? So you could do that at the group page. And uh, what was my point? I forgot my point. Anyway, oh, yes, right. Alex Aronson, he's going to stop by on the show. He's a big, he's always on the group page. He's actually a filmmaker himself. He's just starting out. He did a couple trauma pictures, so he's going to hop on. Tell us what it's like to get into the movie business at at a young age. He's like 22 or something like that. So he's going to tell us how to get in, what it's like, what it's like making movies, and now he's working on his own feature-length movie called The Sting. So we're going to have a really good time getting into that. Definitely, he's hopping on in a little bit. After that, we're going to review the movie The Stuff. From 1985, you know, everybody loves 80s horror, but nobody really talks about the stuff. Uh, There might be a reason why, but there might not be. We'll see. We'll see how that little review goes. 
And, uh, you know, so we got, you know, a couple things on the show for you. Like I said, we'll be dropping them more frequently this month, July. This is July 1st. So, look out. You thought Jaws was a problem in the summer. Wait till you hear the skeleton crew. That was so corny. We'll be right back. Nothing is more important than the simple act of people getting together. Could I have one more go, Wilson, please? Sorry. What? Could I have just one more take of that? Why? I just did it right. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm not used to having more than one person in there. One more word out of you and you go. (laughs) Is that clear? Yes, sir. I I take directions from one person under protest. But from two, I don't sit still. But who the hell are you, anyway? No, I'm the engineer. Well, why the hell are you asking me for another one? Well, I thought there was a slight bonk, and I would like just like to be safe. Jesus. What is a gonk? Do you mind telling me what that is? A bang from outside. A bang from outside. (laughs) (laughs) Calming himself down. Can I see Mrs. Rogers for a minute, please? Willis's thought of the day. Sometimes when you know that you're going to be broke, set some money aside because sometimes you'll never know when people won't have no money to help you out. Hey, cool world. Don't have what it takes. Don't need your faith. We got fucking faith. Hey, cool world. All right, guys, we're back, and we have a special guest on the show. This is Alex Aronson. I pronounced that correctly. He is the creator of this new movie coming out, Sting, and he's also a friend of ours. He's on our Facebook group page all the time. Alex, welcome to the dungeon. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, you guys. Yeah, man, it's about time we got you on here, dude. I know. I've been listening to the show since the get-go, since the beginning, so I'm excited to finally be able to join on and chat with you guys. Be in the dungeon. I love being able to put voices with our with our friends. So now I can when faces. I read when I read your comments, I know what you sound like. I like that. And what do you do with that information? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I just keep it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Put it in your pocket. Before you know, well, I do want to get into the transition of how you go from just being uh, I forgot the letters DP or something, whatever you said on your yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a whole other thing, Alex. It's a whole other book, yeah. <laughs> okay, what is it? Sorry, what was it? Uh, PA, production. PA, system. okay. So I want to know how you go from that to to the level you're at now with this new movie, Sting. But before that, just to, to – because uh, before you talk about the movie you're going to do, I'd like to know what led to it. So what are, what are your uh, favorite uh, – like top five favorite horror movies? Like what are you into really? Oh, uh, shit. Sorry, you're on the spot. Come on, come on. Right? You're on the spot. All right, you're on the so – <laughs> Definitely Halloween and Screamer on that in yeah. capacity, no doubt about it. Right. Um, also, I would have to say I really dig uh, Wolf Creek. Actually, a lot. <laughs> part two, you mean, right? Part two is way better. No, I, don't get me started on part two right now. Thank you. <laughs> I same person. Thank you, Alex. Jesus Christ. The vibe of one is like kick ass, and the vibe of two, if it. 
it's just a completely different vibe. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, part two, but it's just a different vibe than part one. And they're not the same type of deal. But yeah, so Wolf Creek. Okay, do you like Texas Chainsaw 2? I mean, it's all right. I can tolerate it. I'm not, you know, but Texas Chainsaw, the original, is definitely in my top five. And probably Amityville would round that out. The new one or the original? original? Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, the new one's way better. No, are you so insane? Stop it. What? Which, for the record, I have to say, and I've put this on the page a bunch of times, but I do think the crew needs to do something Amityville before you end. Ah, uh, dude, I knew you were going to fucking Commentary that. or some shit. Of any of the movies. Hello? I'd be down with that. Yeah. No, definitely. And I always wanted to, but I just heard the sequels suck. I just watched every single Amityville sequel. You did? What was it like? It was horrible. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> past the past the third one, it's nothing but furniture. It's like a haunted mirror, a haunted like, lamp. Yeah, that they buy at garage sales and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's basically what there's a there's a clock, there's a mirror, there's a the lamp, dollhouse. You know, there's a dollhouse. Then there's the one. There's a like a, a found footage one that is supposed oh, yeah. to be in the Amityville house, but looks nothing like the Amityville house, and it's so boring. Doesn't even have the fucking windows. No. Did you do that for a retrospective, Jamie, or just on your own time? I just did that because I'm psycho. For the torture. Of, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jamie, I did it with Hellraiser. So yeah. I did it too. And that's the thing is, I I have decided. Well, okay, last year was like the year of retrospectives for between all my shows. I I did. I watched a ton of franchises. So I decided, well, which franchises did I not watch? I will watch those now. So since then, I have done Hellraiser and Amityville and Wishmaster. And Ooh, what was Wishmaster I, like? Well, I really like the first Wishmaster. Beyond that, um, they're just – they're they get kind of crazy. Like they get very um, – loose with the rules as far as you know, what actually counts as a wish the third and fourth ones are just abysmal i mean I, huh. they're just terrible but um first one's really good we've been getting phantasm a lot too oh uh, i did phantasm i just did that for a show oh <laughs> what's that like i love phantasm i like all of them um really so, yeah i mean he's got a dude he's got a four barrel shotgun that is, is that guy in all of them the tall guy uh, yes, he is. The tall man is in all of them, and Reggie Bannister is in all of them, and A. Michael Baldwin, who plays the kid, is in one, three, and four, but they replaced him for the second one. But um, I just did a whole show on that. So. He was too busy. No, the, it, it was funny. Coscarelli wanted him, and the, the the studio presented it to him like this. They're like, either we replaced – they wanted to replace everyone, and he's like, no, I want to keep everyone. And they said, well, you have to replace one. And Why? so he replaced him because they were being dicks. I mean, they they completely took that whole movie out of his hands. And that's, you know, there's a whole story about that. But listen to the show. <laughs> I'm far too busy. <laughs> so um, I've actually never seen Hellraiser or Phantasm, any of them. Dude, me either. I saw Phantasm. Kind I would of. love to see what you think about Phantasm. And you definitely have to watch Hellraiser because that's Yeah, just- yeah, it's on the list. I got to check it out. I want to do fucking Final Destination, motherfucker. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Because Five brought it back. <laughs> four sucks. See, actually, you know what? I, I actually haven't seen Four because I heard how bad it was, but I, uh, I I saw... Dude, I actually even like Three. I mean, one is what it is. It's a fun movie. Two, I thought was fucking great. Three, eh, a little step down, but still very enjoyable. I love four. Three. 
I do. So do like, I. Yeah, I, I actually do like it with the whole picture thing. Whatever. You guys remember what happens in these? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But, Dude, but five is really where it's at, dude. Five is the gem of. Five really pulls it together. Yes. Yes, dude. It brings brought it, it back. back. Yes. Yeah. Now, what What is five? The car race. Uh, no, that's four. That's four. Four is so <laughs> shitty. Oh my god, I was angry when I saw that movie. What's five? Collapse. Five is the bridge. Yeah. I, I didn't see that one. It's amazing, dude. And I like yeah. that one too. Yeah, four what? is the only one I really just don't like. <laughs> if they didn't have four in there, then. One, two, three, and five would be like a pretty solid, yeah, yeah franchise, perfect, like a perfect yeah. Fan- franchise. Yeah, yeah. That's why they did it. They they're not allowed to have a perfect franchise, so they had to no. fuck it up. Right. That's why they made Psycho Four. Pretty much. Alex, uh, what are your favorite franchises? Because that's easier to uh, say than a specific well, movie. Still going, still going to go with Halloween. Uh, Ooh, Jamie, don't like that answer. One. <laughs> <laughs> Original and two are great. I've actually never seen Season of the Witch. What? Oh, I know. I, dude, I know. <laughs> I fucking know. Dude. Tom Atkins. But out of the Michael Myers part of Halloween, yeah. uh, one, two, four is on the fence, five, and eh, not so much. Six. I don't even fucking remember six to be honest. He, I, he, he but I do want to check out himself. The, I, I love him again because he's he's got it all right. He's got it all correct. I, I do want to check out the producer's code. I've never checked. Oh, seen that. didn't we just warn you on the last show? You did, but I'm gonna forbid that. He warning. doesn't listen. <laughs> he won't watch Halloween three, but he'll watch the fucking producers cut they six. Never listen. And actually, no, I will watch Halloween, but I just haven't. Three, but I just haven't done it yet. Stop it! And uh, <laughs> H2O, I actually do like H2O. I, oh, yeah, um, yeah. And that's in the whole Scream era, and I love 90s horror, so. Fuck yeah. Uh, and fuck then uh, Resurrection can go fuck itself. Oh, yes, it can. Do you, see me, do you ever see that video of me destroying that one? Uh, no, I don't think I have. This is Halloween, part eight, the resurrection. Well, guess what? I'm officially ending the franchise at H2O. So this movie will no longer find its way to my DVD player. Of course, I would never buy this movie to begin with. So, the only copy I have on a blank DVD. So I'm going to end the franchise at H2O right now and show you that my loyalty to this movement is real. never see you again literally literally he's breaking the movie <laughs> i'm stabbing it with scissors oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, that was like my introduction to alex i was like who's this crazy asshole let's do a show together yeah right <laughs> he's perfect and we see how that turned out <laughs> not so good i love how you said you love 90s horror though man because i mean I, I don't know i think for for people our age i mean it, it's it's 
it's just even though it's shitty, like, just like the 80s movies, like even though they're shitty, they're fucking close to your heart and you just love yeah, them. Yeah, to a lot of people, that's like, they're when I say that, they're like, oh, "Are you fucking kidding me? That's a joke." But no, like, I, oh. Scream is like one of my solid definite inspirations as a filmmaker but also as a horror fan scream is at the top and then uh you know all those films that you know i know what you did last summer and um you know all those flicks are are pretty entertaining and that came out of the end of that era for sure i really like urban legend yeah yeah i just watched that again recently although you know what i did watch recently was valentine and oh jesus i saw that in the theater and i didn't like it and then i thought I'm going to give this another shot. I still didn't like it. But, <laughs> but okay. you know, what can you do? Thank you for that arc. Now, <laughs> now uh, I have a funny story about Valentine. This is like, I mean, I hope it's not one of those things where you had to be there. But uh, so we, we rent a shore house for the weekend. And uh, it's me, my two cousins. Snooky. <laughs> yeah, I was with Snooky. And Wow. <laughs> the situation and I were watching the movie Valentine. <laughs> no, so I, I, you know, I never wanted to say those names on our show, but I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> but uh, they call they call him the calamity. That's <laughs> the debacle. <laughs> We're all watching Valentine, and the the beauty of this story is that it was a room full of eight or ten people, and that was enough, believe me. So uh, we're watching it, and I, I don't know how if you guys memorize this movie or not, but so there's a scene where you see like a foot, and 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 you know uh, the girl's putting the stockings on, and she slides it up her legs, and, it's, and then you start seeing her legs, this and that. So my cousin is looking at it, and he's and you know we're all just drunk or whatever. He's like, wow, look at her legs, man. And then as the camera keeps going up, it's a guy dressed in a drag. <laughs> and it was like the greatest. Thing. Like the next five minutes were heaven. <laughs> what was the look on his face, though, when it's... I don't even... Oh, I was probably rolling on the floor dying that somebody slipped up with something like that. I don't even know. Oh, uh, dude, same thing happened when uh, Hanson Umbob came on the scene, dude. Like, like, <laughs> that is I a hot chick. He goes, yo, that chick's hot. I'm like, dude, I think it's a dude. <laughs> Jay Moore has a great bit about Hanson where he's talking to him. He's like, I don't care what anybody says. That Hanson kid is still one of the hottest chicks in the business. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's funny you say that, man, because 90s isn't actually known for good horror. I mean, it's it's everybody says that's the awkward shit, you know, like horror didn't know what to, it was a bad name at the time and it became thriller and all that type of shit. So but that, that's cool that you appreciate it. And I know what you mean when you say that it's close to your heart and it's probably mostly nostalgia, even though quality did come out of it. Yeah. yeah because but... we grew up on that, dude. Like I said on, in our 90s show, but when we did, um, I know you did last summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about. Um, how I, I had a, a VHS tape and the two movies on it were uh, The Faculty and Disturbing Behavior. Yeah. I love yeah. Disturbing Behavior. Oh, me too, dude. It's so bad but awesome. Right. And, like, we grew up with it in a way. Like, we're not old enough to, like, uh, we're not, like, you know, Dave Z's, like, you know, 40 years old. Yeah, uh, Dave, uh, tell the folks something about yourself. Well, there's not a whole lot to tell. I, uh... I've been a big-time horror movie viewer since the 80s. I'm uh, 40 years old. I've been watching a lot of horror movies since the 80s, since I was old enough to rent them. 
I live in Buffalo, New York right now. I work at the casino out here. There's not a whole lot to tell. I'm a pretty simple guy. Good, good, good. So, hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh you're almost... Oh, okay. Well, I guess you grew up with the 80s, but me and Dan didn't, you know, so... So we appreciate it, and we understand from that kid type of point of view, but the 90s is our, is our nostalgia. Exactly, yeah. Also, dude, you know, 90s too, if you look at all the movies, that, you know, 2000 on, I mean... Those movies are what they are, too, and I'm sure, you know, to younger generations, they're, they're special, too. But at the same time, dude, it seems like the younger the audience now, the more they like paranormal activity, the more they like all, like, all the bullshit. Yeah, in 10 years, I'm sure that there'll be a whole generation that's like, dude, I love early millennium horror, like, stuff. Right paranormal right. activity and shit like that the ring just, and yeah that's just how it'll probably be and continue to be in. see I don't like the direction horror went in the 2000s or whatever with the ring and all that shit I mean it, it was with okay but Jake it was horror remakes and all of that and the growth yeah it's all about remakes. You know what the first remakes really? Like, not really, but uh, one of the other ones I had on a tape and constantly watched, fucking House on a Haunted Hill. Can yeah. you believe I actually thought that that was good or something? Like, like I don't know if I thought it was good, but I watched that regularly. Like, in, in those 90s when I was into horror in a weird way, I, I watched that, like, three times a year maybe or something, along with those other ones I mentioned. Isn't that, like, it's crazy to think of that now. Like, what the... All these '80s car, and I wasn't even watching Jason or Michael or any of that shit at the time. Right. It's just so weird to think about that. Right? Yeah. Like for me, the Scream was my first kind of door to slashers, and then from that, that's how I discovered Jason and Freddy. Right. Like, it's just different for each generation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, for me, it was Scream too. But you know, I think obviously because all those movies were were successful because of Scream and shit like that. Everything, I mean, you got the 80s shit that we all love, don't get me wrong, but 90s took right. a whole different feel, like vibe to it. it. It was almost like, all right, we're going to stop fucking around and get a little bit more serious here. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. I like I liked that turn, and it was great nostalgia-wise and stuff like that. But, dude, guarantee, like, even now, Scream's known as a classic, right? 20 years from For now, sure, it's, yeah. it's going to be like Halloween, dude. Yeah, it, I, that's what I think, yeah. I really and, do. And with the late 90s horror, just like from a filmmaking perspective, I think it made from the end of the 80s where everything was so quickly put together and it was slasher after slasher, I think with the late 90s with Scream and everything after that, the films yeah. actually were nicely like shot and nicely lit again and written better a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah. So um, it's more thought out. It's like it's it's more intelligent, you know, than all those uh eighty slashers really. Mostly. Can I say I wanna say this too about those kind of movies, dude. I feel more connected with those people. I, with eighties movies like I was watching Sleepaway Camp, it's it's so eighties that wow, there's so good. It's it's awesome, don't get me wrong, but it's it's different. Do you know what I mean? Like it seems like like when I watch I know what you did last summer or whatever and I see Sarah Michelle Geller, I grew up watching Buffy too. Like and so I just feel yeah. this like timely connection with it where it seems relevant to me at least. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. everything feels yeah. just more real as opposed to the eighties shit where I see those people now and they all got wrinkles on their face or whatever. <laughs> and it's like there's something disconnecting about it. And just the the quality of the movies too, which doesn't make it bad. I'm not saying it's bad, it's just different. That's weird. I feel more of a connection, honestly. Like, because it's 
it's nostalgic. Even though I didn't grow up, it's weird how we have nostalgia for things we never had mm. a connection to. <laughs> like, I, it just doesn't make any sense because it doesn't, the, the definition, by definition, I don't think that's nostalgic, but, you know, whatever. But, you, like, you feel like you grew up at least at that time and it kind of brings you there in a, in a way. At least you get in that headspace. But, yeah, I know what you mean, dude. Like, you feel like you're part of the stuff in the 90s and right. in the 80s, you feel like you're looking back at something that was great. Right, right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and then you know, seventies too. Uh, you know, but I like eighties horror a little bit better than seventies. But yeah, dude, it's just I don't know. Like like we said, different different strokes for different folks here. So, Alex, now you have a lot going on. Uh, like I said, you got this new movie Sting going on. But before we even get to that, so you're in the business. You worked on um, the Trauma movie, um, the Newcomb High. Return to Newcomb High, Volume One and Volume Two. Uh, I was a production assistant on that, and we filmed it all in one summer in Buffalo, New York, and uh, then it got split into two movies later on. Um, I was a production assistant on that, and I also had a couple lines as the jock. Uh, They got cut out in part one, so fingers crossed for part two. (laughs) Uh, But we'll see if they keep doing that. Now, dude, Uh, what's it like working on a trauma film? Dude, it's, it's what you would think. (laughs) <laughs> the craziness that you would think it is is exactly Raunchy. what it is. Raunchy. There were, yeah, it was just balls to the wall crazy. Lloyd Kaufman is the nicest guy ever, even though I was like at the bottom of the totem pole. I was just a production assistant. I wasn't anything, but he came up to me one day and, you know, he shook my hand, introduced himself, talked to me. We were talking about a shot that I was in. Um, that later got cut, but uh, <laughs> thanks, boys. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he was really cool, and um, it's a lot of fun and really high energy to work on a trauma movie, especially when you're doing lunchroom scenes and daylight scenes at like two in the morning with just big lights beaming on you for eight hours, and you're exhausted, and um, it's it's still a really fun upbeat set to be on. Now, how how old are you, Alex? I'm 22. Now, so, okay, so this is, has, has this always been something you wanted to do your whole life? Yeah, filmmaking has been something I've always wanted to get into since I could remember. It's the only thing. I'm a huge horror movie buff, and uh, so I knew automatically that this is what I wanted to do in horror movies. Uh, I love them so much, so this seemed like the gateway to filmmaking was the horror genre to uh, start working on those kinds of films. I did Newcomb High when I was uh, 19. Wow. How do you get, how do you do this so like, is this like a good paying job? Like, the way you said it, you sounded like it's, you know, like uh, just a real low, like you get paid, right? Like Uh, With Newcomb High, that was really low budget. That was, uh, but yeah, that was good for the summer. Um, That was a good summer gig, I guess. Uh, Like, do you make a living off of what you do actively in the business? On and off. I'm going to school right now. I go to Syracuse University, or try to. I took a semester <laughs> off here and there so to work on other films and stuff because opportunities pop up. So mm-hmm. I usually take those, and then I take a semester off, and I'm working on that those projects. And uh, So trying to finish up college here and then hopefully move on to this full-time to make a living. Dude, that's great, man. Hey, Tarantino always said the best film school is being on sets. Exactly, yeah. That's what I believe. From that's that's great, so man. Far, yeah, that's what I think. So, so how'd you get your first job? 
Nukem High was my first major movie, I think. Uh, and I got that from just a... I follow them and I followed a bunch of other production companies here in like central New York area. And uh, their call came up for crew and cast and I entered that. And I had just finished a, a short film called What Comes From Within that I did. Um, and that premiered around festivals and uh, we played that at... Um, all over we played that in texas atlanta um chicago we just want we uh just played it in the international short film festival in hollywood last halloween mm. and uh we won best horror film there mm. uh, so wow. that short film did really well for me and was a my kind of my platform to be able to get onto larger projects um i did other studio projects that weren't in the horror genre but um sticking with the horror genre that's what i've been doing cool it seems like a pretty cool i mean it's been three years since you did return to newcomb high i guess what did you did you also finish part two i guess Is that um, well we filmed that uh, that was all one summer we did that summer 2012 Mm-hmm. What? So you just divided it just because of the length of the movie? I guess so. I mean, yeah, we filmed it all summer, and then during the filming, they didn't... I don't think there was ever talk of it being two separate films. And actually, the original, original script I heard was for a Toxy reboot. Oh, shit. And then they kind of switched it over uh, and made it their Nukem High reboot, but I do think there is a Toxy reboot in the works. Yeah, they've been talking about that for a while. Do you have any like information as you're hanging out with these guys? Uh, I didn't have any information on that, but the company that I worked with, I worked with a company in Europe this past spring called the International Film Trade. And uh, basically it was a company that sold. I went to Berlin. I went to the Berlin International Film Festival and we were selling movies on an international market. And one of the movies they were shopping around was a Toxie reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also shopping around. Uh, we were trying to sell um, the new film from the Blair Witch director. It's a Bigfoot movie. Um, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Right, Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey. His new movie, his new Bigfoot movie. Um, we were also trying to sell this uh, uh, John Cusack, uh, Sam Jackson, uh, Stephen oh, Cell called Cell. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a pretty cool, uh, couple of pretty cool projects that we were selling there. And what about the toxic twins? I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. No, <laughs> no, they're not going to go ahead with that. Cause when we interviewed, uh, Kaufman, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember that show. I just went around interviewing a bunch of people at a uh, convention and he said, uh, they did not do toxic twins cause they cannot find a script that does not suck. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. So, uh, well then, yeah, I guess it's over with. Well, hey, but before we go on, Alex, real quick, I, I just want to ask you. You mentioned overseas. Now I know this is a little off topic, but can you please tell us your Shia LaBeouf story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, I worked in Europe during the Berlin International Film Festival, and this is when Shia LaBeouf. Uh, he went around. I, he. I don't know if it was a big story here in the States, but in Europe it was big, where he went to the red carpet with a paper bag over his yes, head. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it, it says, was, I'm not famous anymore. Yeah, so. It was all over. <laughs> yeah. 
the company that I was working for, the hotel I was working at, was located directly behind that red carpet. Mm-hmm. So um, we were working one night, and uh, the guys that I worked with, it's a Beverly Hills-based company, but the guys I were working with knew one of the other guys that was working there, and he was the talent manager for the red carpets at the festival. And so he had to uh, bring, you know, he had to basically manage the talent on the red carpet, make sure they got from point A to point B, stuff like that. Um, And uh, so he went to the press conference. Uh, They did the press conference, and I guess he walked in, Shia LaBeouf did, said like two words or said something like how the press are like vultures and then booked it out. (laughs) And then, yeah. Just something like that. And then so the talent manager guy came up to the offices where I was working in between the press conference and the red carpet because there was about an hour in between. And uh, so he comes up and he was like stressing out the client, the uh, guys I was working for. They were in a meeting. So I was just out there with him. And he was pacing back and forth. He was stressing out. He was having a beer. He's like, man. I hope Shia just acts normal on this red carpet. I pray that he acts normal. I pray he doesn't pull any shit. Just And he was stressing out. He was sweating. So he had me go downstairs to check if the arrivals were happening yet at the red carpet. So I go downstairs. And sure enough, the cars are lining up and all the photographers are there and everything. And... Uh, so I'm trying to get so I run back in the building and I run back up and I said yeah it's ramping up you should probably get down there looks like they're starting and uh, he goes down to the red carpet after he was you know worried and pacing the whole time hoping that he would be normal and so he goes in the elevator and right before the elevator doors close he just says one more thing to me he's like damn I hope he's normal and then the elevator doors close and he goes down and then I read later that night online. I open the homepage and it's Shia LaBeouf with a bag over his head. So then, but the oh next day, the next day, um, we were they were at a bar, and we it was one of the bars at the hotel, and we were there, and he had to be there with Shia because Shia has to be, I don't know, babysat or something. I don't. Really, <laughs> uh, and, he, needs a, uh, he needs a handler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like a zoo animal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feed him. We're at the bar and we're drinking this, whatever. And then uh, uh, Shia walks in. Apparently, I mean, I don't want to say what he might have done, but from what it would have looked like, he had trouble catching his footing and he <laughs> took the girl and he walked out of the bar. And then that was the last that any of us saw him. And then, you know, you read in the paper the next day that he's in L.A. causing all this ruckus. So I guess he made it back all right. But uh, it was just kind of funny to be in the middle of that. Wow, I guess he has F.U. money, huh? Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. I I know that's got nothing to do with uh, anything, but, man, I heard that story and I thought it was fucking hilarious. So, wow, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was just crazy to be in the middle of it, and then you see it all on the news, and you see it everywhere, and you're like, hey, I was kind of in the middle of that, sort of. It was pretty well, funny, yeah. I always thought he was a douchebag, but just hearing stories like that just totally confirms it, you know? 
It's not that I don't know if he's a douchebag. He's just like off his fucking rocker, you know. <laughs> he's like he's like Hakeem Phoenix. I was just about to say he's gone the Joaquin Phoenix route. Legit. And... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's weird. They all do that, man. Well, not all of them, but like, I don't know. it's well, weird. There, there. I guess there comes a point in your career when you gotta hit crazy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Really? Like, uh, what's her name? Miley. Yeah. <laughs> Smiley Miley. Cyrus. Uh, it's funny, like, uh, kind of transitioning into what you're doing now, Alex. Now, you want to talk about influences and, and stuff like that. Now, do you, you said Scream's your biggest influence pretty much, right? Or one of them, uh, horror movie-wise, correct? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, now, do you, I- I'm trying to word this right. How do you apply that to your movie? Like, uh, did you write this, by the way? I did. I All my films that I produce, I've written, directed, and edited. That's and fucked Some off. of them I've been in as well. Yeah, but this movie, just so everyone knows, this movie is called Sting. Yeah, my newest one, Sting. Uh, It's going to be my first feature-length film that I create myself. Um, So I wrote it, and uh, it's about, it's a horror thriller, um, and it's about, the film opens on these three girls robbing a convenience store on this drug-filled rampage. They take their money and their drugs, and they drive cross country. And uh, what kind of drugs? A little bit of everything. Um, which is funny because in the movie, in the very beginning of the movie, we shart, we uh, we shart, we start shooting. <laughs> Did you shart in the car? <laughs> I started over everything. Credits. Uh, we start shooting uh, Friday, June thirteenth. Nice. Sweet. Um, and we're shooting in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes area, if anyone's familiar with that. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, do you need any extras or a leading man? Oh, <laughs> I jump right to leading man. Shit. Uh, <laughs> it's an animated film. Fuck. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no. Be a fluffer. They, <laughs> can I be a fluffer, dude? Uh, so, yeah, they, they take their money and their drugs and they go off uh, on a cross-country road trip. And along the way, they get into a car accident, uh, and uh, they're aided by this mysterious man. And uh, from then on, uh, the girls go with this man, and he helps them. And then from there, it's a complete mindfuck of plot twists and who is really who, and wait, is this dude really a killer or... Maybe it's the chicks that are a killer, or maybe it's... And it's a complete plot twist, and from there it just mumbles into a big ball of twists and and action and suspense until the final moments of the film. Oh, wait, I have to think when I watch this? You're going to have to use a little bit of a brain, yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Shit. Well, he's in trouble. It's okay, yeah. baby. <laughs> I will explain everything to you. Thank you, baby. <laughs> yeah, are these chicks hot? Uh, yeah, we got super hot. I saw the fucking page. Super hot. Yeah, you oh, can yeah? follow the production of the page on facebook.com slash sting movie. And uh, yeah, I have all the casting announcements, everything that I do for the movie there. We're going to be putting up a teaser poster soon, which yeah. I'll also premiere on Skeleton Crew page. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we anything got dibs. with the film, Skeleton Crew page is the first to hear. Thank you. 
beautiful. Yeah, so we've got all the casting. We're gonna the fight coordination is done by retired pro WWE fighter Craig or Spazman Simmons. Oh, is that the Red Rooster? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to make a joke about everything. Uh, yeah, so he's doing all the fight coordination for me, which is, I'm really pumped about. Oh, dude, you should have Sting do it. <laughs> uh, if I could afford one second of Sting to walk on. <laughs> I get a look-alike. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you about writing it, and you said with all the plot twists and everything. Now, how hard is it to write a script, or did it just come? Like, how how did the idea come about? Or were uh, you just like, I got this, or did you just kind of write it as you went? I based the movie around, well, I started concepting the idea last fall. After I did my, after I went to LA for my short film at the uh, festival in Hollywood, I figured there would be no better way, because I had been touring that short film for a year and like three months. And I'd been touring it everywhere and we had been winning stuff. And, and so I figured there would be no better way to cap off that tour then with us winning Halloween weekend, winning the yeah, best yeah. horror film in Hollywood, I figured that's a good I, place I, to stop. So <laughs> then from there, I figured, well, now I definitely want to make my first feature film uh, from all the networking and connections and experience I've gotten in the past two years with my own films and other films. Um, and so I started concepting the idea and I came up with a twist. That's my thing. I fucking there's nothing more i love in a movie than a good twist yeah uh, i love that too that is my favorite thing and i try and put that in every single one of my films and so i came up with the twist and built the entire film around the twist so it would make sense <laughs> so you could go back with flashbacks and you could watch it again and you hear a and you're like, holy shit, I didn't realize that. Now I realize why they said that. I love that. Story. So I built the whole movie around all these crazy twists that happen at the end. And um, Wait, let me guess. The girl is really a boy. <laughs> and he goes, ah, ah. Is I that need it? to do a damn rewrite. <laughs> oh, it was done already. Shit. I know. How about it's the mother's actually dead and the boy is doing the killing? Damn it. <laughs> or how about... How about it's his sister? Yes! <laughs> that would be... How about... No, how about the killer is laying on the floor the entire movie and he gets up? <laughs> you just guessed all four of the He's twists. been dead the whole time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Back to the rewrite room. And the killer's in the house. <laughs> yeah, he's in the attic. In dude. The house. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, I've been spending the spring... We've been prepping it. I've been working with cameras. We're shooting on a Canon 5D. And yeah. What is that, real film? No, that's it's digital. Uh, what are you laughing at? I'm try- I was wondering why I mentioned the camera. I thought maybe he was saying it was real film. Um, I've shot on film before, and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Done well, it's really great, but yeah. to light it, and it's so delicate and you have to like put it in the camera in a dark tent so the light doesn't expose it it's a pain in the ass but um yeah so i'm shooting it on 5d and we start shooting friday the 13th and we're shooting for about a month and a half and uh it's it's gonna it seems like a traditional slasher and it might seem that way with the descriptions and everything but I promise you there are kick-ass twists that should hopefully please everybody. Um, and I try and write my movies from 
filmmaking point of view, but first and foremost, I am a horror fan. So I try and write them. What would I want to fucking see in a horror movie? You know, is is this going to be better than Alone in the Dark? <laughs> oh shit! I hope so. <laughs> Have you not, seen this boy? Now, <laughs> now you heard my acting, right? So, uh, are you sure you don't want me in this? You heard me do Jesse from Nightmare on Elm Street too, right? I did, and I didn't comment on that, but I do want to say, for the record, that was you guys did some amazing acting. <laughs> I killed him. I killed him. I've just seen my god. What happened? I, I killed Grady. I killed Grady. Lisa, I killed Snyder. Oh, Mom, my god. I'm so scared. Jesse, what are you talking about? He's inside me. I'm scared. Jesse, who is doing this? To Fred Krueger. He's inside me, and he wants to take me again. No, no, Jesse, Jesse, this is not happening. It's it's got to be everything you've taken in, uh, Schneider, the the diary, the glove. Only it's all mixed. Christ, what do I have to do to make you understand me? <laughs> Last night he tried to make me kill my sister. I got blood on my hands. He owns me. Your audition things. That was really great. You both- Thank you. So here's the big question, the obvious speed bumps and reasons why people don't pursue their dreams. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how you jumped the hurdle. Uh, how did you get a budget? So here's my spiel on the budget. Uh, I first I thought about crowdfunding or, or Kickstarter or something like right. that. And with my experience working in international film distribution in Europe in their market, when we had independent films come to us that were funded by crowdfunder and you know Kickstarter and stuff like that, the thing with those is. Everyone that's pitching in, usually the prize or whatever, no matter if you donate five bucks or a hundred bucks. Right. There's always a prize they get. You give them, usually the prize is to give them a free copy of the movie. Uh, So if these people that want to see your movie. Don't pay for it. (laughs) Don't pay for it and you're automatically giving them a free copy of the movie, then no distribution company is going to want to really pick up. (laughs) A movie that, not in all cases, but in... The, the core audience is not paying. Yeah, you're not getting your audience, you're giving away free copies from the get-go. So right. I knew I didn't want to do that because I definitely do want to try and get some sort of distribution for this film, whether it be one of the companies I've networked with or, or worked with. Um, one of the companies I worked with, and actually my roommate worked with was the company that distributed the, the uh, Grave Encounters movies. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm networking with them. I'm networking. I'm trying to get it a legitimate distribution or at least on Netflix and iTunes, you know. So uh, yeah. something I'm trying to Dude, really... that's the way to go. Um, yeah, remember we talked to Adam Green. He said the best way, just send a signal. That way there's like no cost. And you make like four or five or whatever, you know, whatever you're going to charge. 
Yeah, and yeah, do it online or Netflix. I contacted Netflix and and uh, apparently this is the vibe I got. Apparently, it's like a twelve hundred dollar fee that you send in with the screener of your movie, and they'll screen it, and you don't get that twelve hundred bucks back. So either they can pick up your movie, and that was a good twelve hundred bucks, or they don't pick what? it up, just lost. Yo, but then I guess that. they'll pay twelve grand for two years of streaming on there. Or Some that of the, the movies I've seen that Netflix has picked up, I really don't think you'd have anything to worry about. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, for real. Um, Dude, they have Toxic Avenger three on there. Obviously, uh, twelve grand is probably a very low base price i mean i'm sure they're paying much more for like mad men and shit like that but wait so wait they'll pay you 12 for two years for two years of streaming that's how that works i I guess yeah that's from what i understood and i also contacted the people that do Redbox. you know those movie yeah yeah yep they're like if there is one genre that we will do independent films with in our machines it is horror yeah gonna see an independent comedy because comedies only sell in their machines if they have like Cameron Diaz or some star. Exactly. Um, same with dramas. So horror is the only genre that can sell independently, even if you don't have big name actors or anything in it. It's the horror fans are there for the story and for the fun of it. Right. And right. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's starring Cameron Diaz or, or yeah. Tom Cruise. You know, they'll people still buy it and watch it. Are you going to go the route? of popping in a famous 80s person like Daniel Harris or Felissa Rose or like any of those types of people? I thought about it and I did contact someone and I don't want to throw them under the bus or anything for just a small cameo, which would have been one day of shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, their rate was too much for the budget. So my budget is invested by a couple of private investors, friends, and friends of the family who have put together and combined, I have a pretty decent budget for it. Is it like three grand? Um, it's a little more than that. Um, it's definitely not much more, but it's a little more than that. That's good. Um, so I didn't have room in the budget to fly this person out. They needed to be flown out, obviously, and put up in a hotel. And um, well, How about this? Can we guess five guesses? And if we're right, you admit it. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, give me your guesses because okay, I, everybody think hard. I don't know if you'll guess it, but Danny Trejo. <laughs> no. Lynn Shay. No. Jamie, make it good. <laughs> Danielle Harris. No, no. Uh, Kane Hodder. No. One more. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. He does it for free, Jamie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> She also wanted it's a she obviously. Uh, oh. She also wanted twenty five hundred for the day, which was not in my budget. Mm. Jesus, did did you explain what this was? Yeah, I explained it to her. I tried to explain my background, and you know, this is my first feature, but I've had success on the festival market with short films and and stuff like that, and my past experience and working in Europe and stuff. And um, she still had a flat rate, and which I get. I mean, if you're yeah someone and you know uh yeah i mean i get it but i tried but um yeah i did get someone hopefully it's someone that for the fighting fight coordination the pro wwe fighter guy yeah that's huge Uh, so why don't you get trey songs to do it (laughs) 
Yeah, he does horror movies. Just put it in 3D. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you and you can give him a shitty death in the movie. <laughs> you, dude, you could have a car accident. See a film, yeah. Can you imagine that asshole? He's in a. He finally, you know, they just use him to sell tickets, and this jerk off probably put it in his claws or something that he doesn't want to get. Like, oh man, what a waste! What a jerk! So, so you got to the part where you explain the beginning. There's cool chicks. They're on drugs and all that stuff, and they're driving around. They get in a car accident. They meet this dude. Now, is there anything else you could tell us without ruining it, or is that it? That's that's pretty much it. I know it's oh, basic, yeah. and I know it sounds really basic and simple and like a traditional, like the Hitcher type of film. But right, I promise right. you, there are twists and turns that should hopefully keep everyone on the edge. Not, dude. That's all I want to know. Yeah, really. I don't. Yeah. Now tell me this. Uh, like when people rush these movies, and it's so important the shooting schedule has to stick to what it is. Is is that because each day you have to pay like is there a certain amount that you get charged each day of recording and that's the reason i guess for my particular circumstance i think uh i've been very lucky that all the locations we're using everyone in this town we just had spider-man 2 come film around here (laughs) um so well that was last summer um so everyone's really excited now when Movies. I mean, I'm no fucking Spider-Man too. <laughs> uh, everyone's really excited, and the whole community is really eager when these things seem to come around. So, you know, every once in a while, we get big movies that come around. We had a Christmas movie from Universal Pictures that I worked on not like, too long ago, and Christmas Story too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was called uh, Best Man Holiday. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, I don't have to pay to use these store, you know, the store that we rob in the opening. They're not making me pay and these trails. And we have this big, beautiful lake in our town. It's a lake town. So, uh, you know, everyone's really being generous and not making me fork out any cash to just use their locations. And um, so as far as time is money, I guess it's more so actors availability and Oh, okay. Everyone's schedule, and uh, you know, um, I do have a slight timeline that I want to keep track. I want to hopefully have it edited by the end of the year, and then try and do festival circuits with it and distribution of some sort by next early next year. So, now, dude, remember, take Adam Green's advice, man, when he said you don't shoot the first scenes first because no one's comfortable yet, right? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely he is a filmmaker that I listen to, I listen to his podcast and yeah. that I definitely take a lot of advice from from a filmmaker because he just goes so in depth mm-hmm. and he's so, I mean, the interviews you guys have done with him, he's just, he's, he's so in depth and he really gets into the aspects of the business. And when he was talking about the whole fear net situation and how, right. who owns what, and he's, he seems like a really cool dude and he knows a lot about the business as well, and um, so I definitely look look up to him as as one of my uh, inspirations as well. Yeah, man, definitely. Oh.
we're up to our long distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's go start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo damn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but damn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want to damn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a f***ing up-tempo record every time I do a damn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This a last damn time, I want somebody use a f***ing brain to not come out of a damn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a f***ing dog dying. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2? Boy, this is f***ing ponderous, man. Ponderous. F***ing ponderous. You're listening to the Never Ponderous. Ponderous. Always cheerful. 2. Skeleton. What up, bitches? This is the fucking ghoul, and you're listening to the fucking Skeleton Crew, son. King is gone. It's not forgotten Is this a tale of Johnny Rock? Talking about the stuff. 1985, director Larry Cohen. And uh, here's what happens here. A weird yummy goo erupts from the earth and is discovered by a couple of miners. They taste it, believe it or not, and decide to market it because it tastes so good. The American public literally eats up the new dessert sensation now known as the stuff. But unfortunately, it takes over the brains of those who eat it, turning them into zombie-like creatures. It is up to the to an ex-FBI agent, David Rutherford, and a kid named Jason to stop the spread of the mind-devouring dessert. This uh, <coughs> sounds ridiculous, but the uh, cast, the main people are, um, I think the yeah Rutherford, the main guy is Michael Morority. The girl who hangs out with him and helps him is Adriana Markovicki. 
Um, the chocolate chip Charlie is Garrett Morris. And believe it or not, Paul Sorvino from Goodfellas is in this movie, believe it or not. And the kid is named Scott Bloom, Jason. And that's about the only people worth mentioning in this. And it gets a, uh, a, a 5.9 on IMDb. So <clears throat> Now, Willis, you've heard this movie before? Yeah, they used to, this was one of them HBO specials that they used to show like every day. Yeah? Yep, when I was younger, they used to run this joint to death on HBO back in the day. Everybody says they love 80s horror, but I've never heard anyone mention this in my entire life. It's one of the movies that people remember what happened, but sometimes don't remember the title of the movie. They just remember certain things that happened in the movie because they played it, like, every other day. <laughs> I love this movie. I I have a really good time watching this movie. I think Moriarty does a... I love his character. I love. I think he does a bang-up job. And this movie, because part of it takes place in, in Atlanta and is in, in other parts of Georgia, too. But the I used to have this rule when I was a kid to keep me from getting scared at movies where I would say – I don't know if I've told you this before, but this was my rule. It was like this happened – like I say if I was watching Night of the Living Dead, it was like, okay, this happened in Pittsburgh, so – it's not going to happen to me or this happened in 1968. So it's not going to happen to me or this happened, you know, whatever. I would always have a qualifying thing that would keep me from staying awake at night. Well, then the stuff came along and fucked that all up for me because it was right in my backyard. So, uh, I always appreciated that. Plus I think Garrett Morris was a lot of fun as chocolate chip, Charlie. Uh, this is just one of those movies that is, uh, I don't know. I consider it a classic. I mean, you've got these great commercials. It it really delves into commercialization and marketing and and how much people really will do whatever you tell them to do. Right. It's kind of like it's sort of like uh, not really, but sort of like that um, Roddy Piper movie. Uh, they live. They live. Yeah, it has some similar themes. Right now, Dan, have you ever seen this before? No. Okay, so what was your uh, overall consensus here? I hated it. What? Yeah. How can you hate this stuff? <clears throat> uh, it was just a waste of time, dude. I don't know. I didn't find. I think it was trying to be funny, and it wasn't funny. And uh, I hated that dude. I didn't like the main character. I just thought it was fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I'm just being honest, but I found nothing good in this movie. I watched the whole thing, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm wasting fucking 90 minutes of my life watching this piece of shit. I get what they were going for, but it just did nothing for me, dude. Waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to lean towards that. Uh, I was sitting there, and I was like, this is sort of a waste of time. Like, it's not, like, the worst movie in the world. No, it's not. It's not. But it's also, like, nothing good in it either, in my opinion. I, Jamie, I know why you said that, too. Like, I feel you. And I said that to myself, too. I'm like, watch. Jamie's going to like this shit because this shit's in her own backyard. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally what you just said. You didn't enjoy, like, the commercials that they made and how everything was just all – like, you go into the supermarket and it's everywhere. Um I, it's just I, don't, I think it really had a statement I think it it had something to say you smirk at it I don't I didn't outright laugh right. no I mean I didn't it wasn't like you know holy shit this is funny as hell no not like that I think it's more of a it's a dark comedy you know it's more yeah. of like 
It's a commentary. Making fun of, exactly. It's a commentary making fun of us as consumers. Yeah. No, I, and I got that. I totally got it. I just, uh, I don't know. I um, didn't enjoy it. Hey, if I wanted to watch something from Georgia or something, you know, I'd, I'd watch fucking Secret Shopper. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're done blinking, you'll watch something else. Why? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just like my sex life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing. I don't think this is a good movie and I'll never watch it again. But at the same time... Uh, it was solid in a way, you know, it, uh, it kept, sort of kept my interest. I, it, honestly, I had to keep pausing it and do other things, uh, like, deliberately, though. Like, I just needed a break every, <laughs> like, well, every... Well, at least you paused it and didn't just let it run. <laughs> no, I paused it because I didn't want to watch anymore, but at the same time, I knew I had to, so I just kept pausing it and went to, and gave my brain a break, and then came back to it, you know? I totally agree. I had the same exact experience. I was like, okay, I gotta make it through this movie. <laughs> We're doing it for the show. That's the only reason I would ever watch it. Like, even if I was flipping through one, like, you know, and I saw it on, on fucking Cinemax or something, dude... I wouldn't give this fucking movie the time of day, dude. Yeah, it's 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 a totally interesting premise. I really do think it is. I think that's awesome. Like, do people really consider it a classic, though? Or, or I mean, I know no. somebody said that, but I don't know. I said that because I do, but and and there are others of me out there who love it as much as I do. But I mean, it's not you know, it's not going to be listed anywhere. I don't think you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't, I I'm just making sure. I thought I was being a dick or I'm crazy or something, but I just thought it sucked. Let's get into it a little bit, I guess. So there's this liquid marshmallow shit bubbling out of a random area in the ground in the snow or something, and this guy just thinks it's a great idea to eat this. Always. How in any world does that seem like a normal thing to do? Something's bubbling out of the out of the ground and you're eating it never it's a movie thing that's why and totally. that automatically dude right as the movie starts off like that i'm like this is fun like, what's going on here that's where it's going yeah when they yeah when they force situations like that dude and like you know oh just go with it just go with it and then you know yeah the whole premise of it too with like uh, i don't know if this guy what was he like a lawyer or something not the main not the guy who found it in the beginning but the fbi guy uh, no, the guy, yeah, 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 with the accent, dude. First of yeah. all, was that a fake accent? I think or, so. Because that was horrid. That was horrible, dude. That was like, and, and can I be honest with you, too? I think Moriarty sounds... actually talks like that. Yeah? Jesus. Really? I'm sure he does. Yeah. You don't talk like that, Jamie. Well, no, I don't, but I think he does. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. It was so fucking forced. I was like, wow, this is Hollywood trying to do a Georgian accent or wherever the fuck he was supposed to be, be from. But Willis, would you agree that every scene moved it along, but none really paid off great? Some of it was kind of corny. <laughs> some of it. I was going to say some of it wasn't. I like when the stuff actually started eating people up until... Just right. start creeping on things, then you can see <laughs> the difference in where the people were standing at and how they had the um, effects looking like it was taking over, even though <laughs> the people wasn't even in the room when they was doing that part. So you could right. tell that big time. So that kind of ruins certain things. But that's what happens in 80s movies back in the day with a low budget. Right. Right. 
what like what what do you think was like if you were to explain this movie to somebody and like you know the 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 flagship whatever the fuck they call it like if there was one main thing to sell this movie like what would what would it be for you well, I think it would honestly for me it would be the message but as far as like visuals I love the scene where Garrett Morris gets it where chocolate chip charlie suddenly basically yeah, turns that was wrong good. side out I thought that was badass Mhm mm-hmm. okay I agree I just, that was cool that's funny It was funny shit and also I'll say this I didn't expect that I know I should by now but I I figured he seemed to be talking normal, and he and he was saying, "Shit, yeah, I could tell you on the radio what the fuck just happened, and I could tell you what they look like on the way out, and all that." So I totally believed that he was a regular guy, not brainwashed. And then all of a sudden, his neck starts bulging, and and that was awesome, you know. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, you know, which you know I think it's still effective. Yeah, it was awesome well, that part. Mm. Uh, you know, not everything is going to be bad. And, like, uh, there are some bad parts, uh, n- not even just effects, but directing and effects. For example, when the dog is attacking the guy, like, yeah. they were trying hard as fuck to get that dog to, to be in the positions that they wanted him. Like, they probably had, like, a fucking a stake in the guy's mouth to get that dog over there. It was just mm-hmm. r- really weird and forced. That was pretty funny. Please let me know. Like, am, am I missing something? Am I Am I high? What's going on? I think you're definitely high. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, I, I don't think you're wrong because the it had a good point to the movie. Right. But you can have all the good points in the movie, but if you watch a movie 30 years old and it doesn't hold up visually, that kind of takes you out of the movie. Yeah, but it gives it a charm, don't you think? Like, I wasn't ex- I don't care that things didn't look that good. I just wasn't really expecting it. And I thought it'd be more funny because I knew the the movie wasn't going to grab me on an intellectual level. It did grab me. I, I agree completely with Jamie on on the point that it really did grab me um, message wise, and it and I was really interested in the idea that everyone is becoming possessed and nobody knows what's going on. And here here's the thing that's really interesting about the movie that really made it work to people who like it. It's like people are getting possessed by this. And it's an epidemic and things are going wrong and they, it shouldn't be sold. But the problem for the world is that no one who is being affected negatively is going to talk about it. <laughs> Just like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's hurting people, but the people getting hurt aren't going to complain because yeah. it, they're getting taken over by what's hurting them. And that that thing that's hurting them wants them to and the people getting affected because they're getting taken over aren't going to say shit so this yeah. will and can just completely spread throughout the world and will all become those things the only thing i think jamie can you fill me in now what did i miss like what was the point of this these things were going <laughs> to inhabit your body and then pop it like plastic when they're done with you yeah. and then what what is their goal ob- objective yeah right um, you know, honestly, I can't remember. It has. <laughs> well, it's just to like reproduce, right? To yeah, I mean, I think it's basically they they. It's all about resources, you know. Yeah, but they, they're all sludge after they do that, though. Just like they were before. Well, I mean, the the being itself is sludge. I mean, just because it's not a walking, talking thing, doesn't mean it's not sentient, you know. So it the idea was that this was stuff 
from space, but it does have a plan, and it's <laughs> smarter than we are, you know, on many levels. But what what was the difference after it hopped out of your body compared to before it went in? None. I mean, it just sort of it it was a basically you're a breeding ground for more of it, so it can continue, so it can continue to. So when you ate it, more developed in your body. I mean, well, you saw how big it got. Like when I mean, you know, you eat a little yeah. carton of it. You you eat cartons and cartons of it. But then when you when it comes out of you, it's you know it grows and, and expands. Like you know, with the the chocolate chip Charlie, when it was a huge, big, giant thing of it. And that's just it's like any parasite, you know, um, the the or any actually any organism. The goal is to survive and to strive, and. <laughs> That's yes. what it was doing. I feel like um, Ivan Ooze did it better in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Movie. <laughs> it was the same thing, Willis. You know what I'm talking about, uh-huh. right? Same thing, okay? This ooze, and as soon as somebody touched it, it was like uh, it was like the Nickelodeon gack or yeah, whatever the fuck. Remember that shit? <laughs> when the, they the, poured it on the people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> saying, oh, I really But I just felt like um, if you're gonna make a movie and and set something up, dude, go somewhere with it. You know, raise the stakes, make it so, you know, even the uh, even the uh, antagonist has something to lose. You did well. It does have something to lose. It, it if we win, then it can no longer survive. It's all about survival. It's and it's attempting to survive and to take over. That is the point. That is the end game. We will all be dead. Oh, okay. And it you will, know what, then, Jamie, it will I love run our planet. I guess yeah, I guess that means that Dan don't care if it lives, you know? Like it, it didn't invest him to care if it survived. Like even It's exactly like the blob. What, is it, is this better exactly, than the blob or no? Uh no, no. What exactly is the end game of the blob? Just to be the blob. That's all it is. Yeah, I don't think the blob's that good either. Yeah, well, all right, man. I ain't got nothing. I hate this guy. That's a fake accent. What the fuck's going on with this stuff? Like, nothing's really... I don't know. It just felt felt like I couldn't invest anything in anything. I thought that guy was cool. Believe it or not, I liked him in the opening scene when he had the microphone in the guy's shirt and he punched the other guy out. (laughs) I actually thought he was a cool character, and I... I got into him and I was like, well, here's the thing. I was surprised that we're going to be following this guy because I was under the impression that this whole thing was going to be from the point of view of the kid. There you go. You know, right. And that really <clears throat> failed because 35 minutes into the movie, it's not about this kid really at all. And then he does come in, then he hides in a truck, and then he's just that was That was dumb. All right, that was really that's like right up there with that damn brat hiding in the toolbox on the truck that's about to blow in Long Kiss Goodnight. It's like kids find the stupidest fucking places to hide. You know, <laughs> I don't even understand that. Let me hide in a tanker where, where they're going to put a whole bunch of this shit. The only payoff was watching it fill up with the stuff and thinking that something cool might happen, but it didn't. Like, nothing cool did happen. So that was kind of weird. But the thing I couldn't believe is that as this movie was wrapping up, I couldn't believe that this movie paid for all those explosions. Like when they're <laughs> when they're blowing all that shit up, I was like, I, I didn't expect this movie to have any budget. Like, thank you. It must have cost something to blow that shit up. That's what I'm saying, Alex. Though there's nothing at stake, dude. It's almost like uh, explosions because we're making a movie and movies have stuff happening in it, and explosions are things, and and people will watch it, and it's gonna be awesome. I got a question. It. If 
they had a face to the stuff and yeah. the stuff had an explanation of why it was doing what it was doing would that have worked a little bit better for you maybe I don't know. I th- I thought it was going to have a face. There was one point where there was a bunch of them in like a lake of it, and they seemed to be forming a, a shape. There was like two of them, and I thought that they would. Uh, I thought we would see either what comes of it or or something. Or it seemed like they were taking on some shape, and I thought that would be cool. And then we'll see, like you know, <laughs> this is what. I don't know. I really didn't know what was going to come. I just thought they would eventually let me know, but uh, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess if it was faceless and... But the blob, you know, the blob is a great argument. We have to wonder how come that works, I guess, for people. And this and this works, you know, like J- Jamie said, it works. And and it is a Larry Cohen film, so you ain't going to um, expect so much. What else does he... What else has he done, guys? A bunch of B-movies, that's Alive, about it. which is another one of my favorites. I really enjoy Larry Cohen. I think he... I, I don't know. I like what he does, but... What about the end scene where you have Moriarty showing up with these rich guys and they have – okay, now they have abandoned the stuff. That is ruined. They can no longer yeah. use the stuff. So then they create a new product and they only put just enough of the stuff in it so that it will make people want it. But according to them, it's not enough to take it over. Well, then, right. then the final scene we have with them is – him sitting them down and forcing them to eat what they have been forcing on American consumers all this time. Do you not see the the darkness of that or the uh, the profundity of that? What's that mean? What's profound? I do how profound it is. I I do. I thought it was cool, but the thing is, Jamie, something about that scene didn't didn't pop. Like it wasn't like, damn. Like it just wasn't. It didn't impact me for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the right state of mind. I think it's supposed to be just sort of a resignation. I don't think it's supposed right. to be like, holy shit! You know, yeah. I think it's just supposed to be like, it's it's going to sink in, you know, and you're going to be like, that's... I feel like if Steven Seagal did that to somebody, it would have been like, damn, bitch. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal's eating the stuff. Everybody, he's eating the stuff, y'all. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he isn't... Doing his flappy arm waves while he's making people eat the stuff. Yeah. He's like, I'm taking you to the bank. I'm taking you to the stuff bank. <laughs> the stuff hey, bank. Was, don't make fun of Hard to Kill. That's amazing. All right. Well, you got that as an ender. And then the, the very, very ending was uh, bizarre. Well, not bizarre. It just it just had, was anticlimactic. Like, this guy just unloads a truck and there's more stuff. Stuff. Yeah. You know what this is? Amazing. Is for real. It's a at the time this movie is a metaphor for crack more than anything <laughs> else. Yo, how co- you're right, dude. Holy shit, I didn't think about that. 85 cuz you're right. Yeah, but crack doesn't kill you. <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about everything. The anti, you know, usually explosions are awesome at the end of a movie, and this one it was just uh, some guy videotaping explosions. It know. was explosions for the sake of explosions, because we're making a movie, guys. I think it was it was directed poorly. I think I think it's what's wrong, right, Jamie? Do you agree that those du- those explosions at the end they just didn't impact? Like, was it as as impactful as Return of the Living Dead explosions at the end? No, I I, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not saying this movie was hitting on all cylinders because it wasn't. Oh, I, you know, it it has a lot of misses. 
but for me, it just has more hits than misses. But yeah, I agree about the explosions, of course. It was weird. And Jamie, I'm not trying to p- pigeonhole you into like, oh, you know, you're, you're you're the number one fan of this movie. I'm just curious because I didn't connect with it. No, but I'm but- close. Yeah, exactly. Well, Get okay. out of here. You're not close. <laughs> well, then there you go. So I'm gonna, that's why I'm picking your brain. But no, we're not implying that you love this movie at all. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, um, I, I'm just, you know what it is more than anything, dude? I'm, I get really curious. Like, did I miss something? And it doesn't sound like I did, which is, you know, I'm, I'm happy for, for you that you liked it. And I'm happy for anybody that likes these movies. But it just ain't my, uh, it ain't my cup of tea. I can tell I you that. I personally, I think you did miss something. If you don't, if you don't what? see the overall goal of this yep. film if you feel like it was missing a goal then i think you did miss something did, now, did i say that do you, do you think i i missed the goal because I, I i totally you said yeah you said you didn't see an end game there was no i forget the words that you used right. but i mean basically it was that you got but, nothing from it you know so no, if you got nothing from like, it then i think you missed it yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw it. I just found it wasn't worthy of making a movie around, and and it wasn't. Like I said, if we all put our fucking noggins together, we could come up with a better script than this. But that's just me. Hmm. Well, this is the script we got. So how do we rate this movie, Willis? Out of Netflix ratings and the reasons you name number them that way, how do you rate this movie? I rate this movie a two stars. So you didn't like it, okay? Jamie, what do you rate this? Four point five. <laughs> Jamie, get the fuck out of here! Oh, you, have, you, have you never, have you never seen? I mean, I've had, I've had pictures from this film as my cover photo. I have posted this video, the commercial from this film, all the time on my Facebook page. I fucking love this movie. Really? Yes, I do. And it's, and I even, I post about it on Facebook whenever I watch it, which is not all that infrequent. I've watched it, counting now, three times this year. What? I never heard this before. No. I've always seen the cover on Netflix and, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, but I've never heard anybody talk about it and hold it in a high regard on any level. You know, if anything, if you say I missed something and I know what you're talking about, you know, the, the whole message of it or whatever, I get it. But I don't think I would even give it the time of day to watch it again to reinforce that. Like, I trust you, baby. Well, that's, I think the movie's going to be just okay without you having to give it more of your time. <laughs> well, Dan clearly gives it a 1 out of 5, if not 0. Uh, I give it a 2.5, so that means uh, it's between not like it and like it, because I, I appreciate um, the overall effort, and it, it was a time... I can't say it was a great time or anything. It, <laughs> it was, was a time. What the fuck is that shit, dude? <laughs> it was a time. Like that's like that's like taking a girl out and being like, it was a night. It was a night. <laughs> yeah, like I remember almost every scene, so that must mean something. I di- <laughs> I did kind of dig the the main guy, the FBI guy. He's cool. I hated. Um, it. Yeah. I don't know. He had a charm to him. I guess. Yeah. Huh. Um. <laughs> The, the kid, I could care less. The overall story, I thought it was really cool. Like I said, I think it's awesome that the world is consuming something and, and nobody can do anything about it because if you're if you're affected, you're already taken over and it don't, you can't say shit and you're not going to say shit. So it could just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And that's amazing. And to think that these three people can stop an epi- epidemic like this is ridiculous. They, they could never have done anything about this if this was real. If I... 
If I want to watch a movie like this about consumerism and, and you know, whatever, I just watch the fucking, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, dude. I mean, just, no, I'm just, I'm being The scared. remake? No. Why would you watch the remake? I just, just watched, I, 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 I prefer the remake, Jamie. We've never talked about this, but I prefer the remake to the original. Hate, 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 hate. Now, no, I don't have a problem with the remake, but it has shit to say about consumerism. If you want a message about consumerism, you watch the original. That's Jamie, where the message is. They're stuck in a mall. So? The it's a fucking setting. It means, it means nothing. It means nothing in that film. They have com- <laughs> that film completely You'll get nothing away. like it. That film completely stripped away everything Romero had to say with his original film. Oh, he didn't have much to say anyways. Oh, my God. Hang up now. We got to stop. All right. Well, I just wonder what these poor actors had to eat during the entire filming of the stuff. That's where I was wondering, what the fuck were they eating? Marshmallow fluff. That's what I thought. I have no idea, but that would be my guess. That's my guess. Or yogurt. I don't know. Because <laughs> sometimes it looked a little runnier than other. Like, sometimes it looked fluffier. Sometimes it looked a little more runny. So, I don't know. Maybe they had their choice. What are we talking about again? <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's the stuff. You heard our ratings. It is on Netflix. If you like what you heard, go check it out. If you uh, take Dan's word for everything and my word for everything, then you could, uh, in, in my case, you could watch it, I guess. If you have nothing to do, uh, then watch it. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Not nude in theaters. Kira Knightley co-stars in Begin Again. If you need to see Kira naked again, head back to 2005's Domino, where she gets repeatedly topless as a hot bounty hunter. Kira Nude and Domino will have you setting it up and knocking it down. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray is the first season of Showtime's Masters of Sex. This fantastic series has Lizzie Kaplan as hands-on sex researcher Virginia Johnson, plus a rotating lineup of newcomers stripping down in every episode. Masters of Sex will make you the master of baits. Nude on HBO, Anna Paquin and Carolina Vidra got naked in what promises to be a skintastic last season of True Blood. This show's gone on so long and given us so much nudity that we're running out of vampire jokes. So why don't you pick up your steak and hammer and pound one out yourself? MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. Uh, do you have anything else in the works? No, I know you, you're doing this now, but do, do you have, like, you know, a couple ideas floating around of what you can do next, or is it just this movie? Because I'm not saying it's not enough. I mean... Yeah, definitely. really, Dan, what the fuck? <laughs> um, well, I know that Volume 2 of Nukem High is starting to ramp up the finishing of editing, I think, or something like that. I don't really know. But that should be out sometime shortly. I think Volume 1 just came out in March, so uh, all the other... I've worked on a bunch of indie projects here and there, and um, I I haven't heard much word of them, but from my own point of view, from what I'm filming, um, I've been pouring all my heart and soul and all my attention into Sting uh, to make it the best as I can make it. And then I have other ideas floating around, but I'm definitely at the moment focusing on Sting. And then hopefully I would like to finish my college degree someday here, but we'll see. Uh, there's plenty of time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, could, I didn't even mow my lawn today. It's like the only thing I had to do. Yeah, I couldn't even do that. <laughs> now, is this going to be better than Camp Dread? <laughs> I didn't even check out Camp Dread. <laughs> You're better off. You're better off. 
That was more. Camp Dread is more like a comedy. Ah. Than anything. Did you guys catch uh, Godzilla? Dude, I. Everybody said it sucked. I, I, I heard Godzilla wasn't even in it. I yeah, heard. Right. What I heard was that the, that the end was really good. Um, like the, the end fight scenes were really good, but that there could stand to be more Godzilla in the Godzilla movie. And so I stand. I don't want to give anything away, but I see where they're where they're coming from. It was an enjoyable, like big summer movie. I was pretty entertained by it, but um, yeah, Godzilla was not in it as much as it should be for being <laughs> Godzilla. Just say that. That's great. With the fucking title Godzilla, you would have thought. Yeah, he might be in it. But yeah, you would have thought. Yeah, he couldn't be bothered. See, I, I heard that, and I said, I'm going to have to skip this one. I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to. And then I saw X-Men Days of Future Past, and I'm going to see it for the third time today. Yeah, sure you are. But I saw Godzilla. I really love uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who was in Silent House as well. She's great, dude. She's awesome, and she's smoking hot, dude. Oh, she really is, dude. Absolutely. She's going to be in the new uh, Avengers movie. Avengers, yeah, she's blowing up, so... Hey, Alex, are you the one who, who asked about uh, where our 90s horror talk episode was? Was that you? I probably did. I probably did. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> Oh, and I, like, dug it out for you? Yeah. Yeah, and then I probably listened to it 20 fucking times. <laughs> just listen to uh, um, your Texas Chainsaw retro. Yay. Uh, yeah. And my views on Texas Chainsaw 3D are, like, borderline fence right now. When I initially saw it, I wasn't too happy with it, but... But I changed your mind. A little bit, yes. This <laughs> I don't know. I think I was accurate. And I, I watched it again, o- almost again, last this past weekend, and um, I liked it a little less, man. I don't know. And I have had to defend that movie on four different podcasts. I so badly want to love it, be- just because it's a direct sequel to one of my favorite right. films. But there's just something about it that I'm just, it's odd. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm kind of torn about it, too. I thought it was a, it was great, but it just, there's something about it where it's like, I don't know about this. I mean, if you're going to have Trey songs, fucking kill him. Let's <laughs> just do with that. <laughs> yeah, right? Kill this guy. I mean, what the who? You know, it should have been like an extra. When you get somebody on a movie like that, not, not that I think he's special, but you know, obviously somebody listens to his music and they got him on just for the gimmick of it. So if you're gonna do that, give him like the best death in the movie or something. You know, like my name's Trey Songs with a Z. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, dude, thanks, thanks so much for hopping on here and talking about your stuff and seeing as you're so into horror and actively in this business. Uh, that that means a lot that you uh, take the time to listen to our show. That you know it must it must be a, a good standard to you. You know to waste yeah, your time with so it. I, I thank you guys seriously. Thank you for having me on, and I'm really was stoked to come on and and had a great time talking with you guys. And I know I've said this before on the page, but it's for a podcast. It's not necessarily normal for this whole community to be based around a podcast and that says a lot about what you guys have done with your podcast and there's this whole community now with people that i talk to on and and communicate on that page and i go to the page to geek out on horror and everyone loves horror and uh it really says something about the base product and the quality of it and the people in it and your opinions that from a simple podcast you can build 
an entire community off of it, and that really says a lot about the work you guys have put into it. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do with the rest of your uh, shows here before you end. And uh, I'm sure it will be awesome and kick ass. Thanks. Man. Thank you, man. Alex, we don't want to stand this kid. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. You know, dude. That's the most important thing, I think. It's it's all of us. Like I said, everyone is the crew, you know? And the thing that I get the biggest kick out of, man, is when I'll go on someone's page, like their personal page, and I'll see they have, like, 19 mutual friends, and they're all people just from the, the page. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is, like, the best. Guys, That's the truly best. building a community, and it's awesome. It's kick-ass. Yeah, thank you so much, man. That means so much to all of yeah. us. Definitely, man. And like Alex said, too, it's it's not our opinions, too, man. It's yours. I mean, I know you're, you're a very active member on there. And, uh, and dude, thank God for people like you that, you know, because we make fun of all the, those other groups for one way or the other, but mostly for being just ignorant about shit. And you're very smart. You're very uh, on point, And uh, you definitely know what you're doing, bro. So, you know, best wishes in the future with uh, all right. your film shit. shit. And if you ever want the skeleton crew, do a little cameo in your next flick. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> For sure. There might be. There actually might be. You'll be surprised. Uh-oh. Are we going to be playing on a radio in a car? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be as cool as... I used to always love it when movies would put like a copy of Fangoria in their yeah, movie. Like, you know? That always cracked me up. If you sent me a bumper sticker, that will be in the film, no doubt. Oh, my God. <laughs> that will happen. I, Thank I you. got a couple bumper stickers laying around, so we might have to arrange that. Yeah, we'll be honored. For bro. sure. Thanks, man. And if you ever want to, you know, obviously this will take a long time for you. So if you want to come back in a couple months. Oh, damn, we'll be gone. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> End of the weird. summer, I could give you an update. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. I was going to say, hop back on, man, before it's all over. and uh, I would love to. I would love to. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, it was great. Yay, it was fun. Peace out. So See nice you later, guys. <laughs>